The life and times of being a Winnipeg Jets fan is always something to behold. And in the span of 24 hours, Winnipeg fans have now felt everything from elation to the depths of despair. Today was one of the craziest days in Winnipeg Jets franchise history. We're going to talk about why in just a little bit and uh, try and at least go through some of the implications of the news that has broken out and what exactly the Jets do now, because I'm going to be honest, I don't even know myself. We're going to try and puzzle this out all coming up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you so much for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, on tonight's episode, we have, well, quite a bit to get through, let's be honest. Uh, The Jets news cycle, for once, was extremely lively, and it's a bit of a mixed bag depending on your perspective on things. Um, (laughs) Yeah, if you're a Paul Maurice fan, probably some good news in here. If you're a fan of... The Jets being competitive within the next two seasons or so. Yeah, not great news, if we're being honest. Let's start off with the Palmer Reese news, though. This one kind of came a little bit out of left field if you haven't been paying attention, but uh, the links have started to persist over the past couple of weeks, and it does seem like it's finally coming to fruition. The Florida Panthers have hired Maurice and have signed him for three years, paying him, I want to say, around $4 million per season, which... That is a pretty rich contract, if we're being honest. Um, Comparatively speaking, you know, most coaches make uh, a decent chunk of change, but $4 million is like the upper end of the coaching uh, payday spectrum. And I I think you have to ask yourself, what exactly does, you know, Maurice bring in comparison to Andrew Burnett? And I think the, the reality is probably not the kind of improvement that the Panthers need in order to get them over the Stanley Cup hump. Now, I could be completely wrong about this, and things could totally change. Maybe Maurice has learned something in the six months that he's taken off. Maybe the the roster fit is going to be so much better for him. But, you know, in in past seasons where Maurice has been given a really talented roster, um, there was kind of one thing that I think he did well. And it was that, you know, he let his teams be aggressive. If he trusts the defense to kind of cover up the mistakes on the back end, and fill in the gaps if somebody gets caught being aggressive at the blue line, uh, or teams, you know, the, the, the skaters are a little bit too pushy in the neutral zone trying to pick stuff off and create counters. He'll, you know, he'll he'll allow the defenders to kind of jump more into the play. He'll allow the teams to close off space and go for more hits, try to force turnovers along the walls, and be just generally uh, more offensively ambitious. But in 
other seasons, he didn't really do that because he felt like the defenders wouldn't be able to keep up, wouldn't be able to track back effectively. And so instead of having like a five-man unit on the ice, it often felt like the Jets were using a three-man unit with two defenders who were just sort of there. With the Panthers, it's obvious that he's going to have a lot more of a supporting cast, which I think, you know, for Panthers fans probably favors your first impression of what Maurice is going to do with this team. The problem is, is when it comes to in-game adjustments, finding optimal lineups, and then, you know, riding or making really good decisions in kind of do or die situations where everything is riding uh, that one roster selection, that one lineup change. I I think Maurice has failed very badly at this. You know, I I flash back to the series against Vegas. Uh, If there was a decision that genuinely pissed me off and I felt was completely unforgivable, it was having both Enstrom and Kopp not uh, or, or, or scratched in the lineup against Vegas in a do or die game. I felt like that was simply inexcusable. And to this day, I've never really gotten over it because for one thing, um, when it came to Enstrom, right, I felt like he kind of stabbed Toby in the back. And it was so bad that Toby himself uh, basically just said, I'm not going to stay here. I want to go over to Sweden and go home. He was already thinking about leaving to be with his family uh, and spend time with his spouse. But this just sort of pushed the matter. And it really bothered me personally because Enstrom had basically given everything of himself to this team. Uh, He'd even taken some cheaper deals and he was still one of our top defenders. And for the team to bench him like that, um, it just never really sat well with me. And I think that that is kind of a bit of a microcosm of what Paul Maurice's biggest issues are. If you don't have an optimal lineup, it's going to be difficult for him to make the right adjustments and to make the right decisions to get you over that hump. And I think that that is, uh, you know, remains his biggest flaw. You know, if you give him a really poor team with limited talent, he can make that defensive structure and a stingy team kind of work with it. But, you know, if you actually give him lots of talent to work with, I don't think that there's really any evidence that he's going to be a significant improvement over Brunette. Sure, you know, Andrew's team was a bit disorganized and maybe they peaked a little bit too early, but this was his first season as a head coach and they still managed to win a president's trophy. For them to kind of string him along and then bring in Maurice, I just feel like A, wasn't really appropriate from an organizational standpoint and a professional standpoint, but also I don't really think Maurice is going to suddenly change this team into a top-level contender. We saw that under Maurice, the Jets really stagnated, and uh, after that that magical 2017-28 team run, the Jets completely turned into basically what amounts to a lotto squad carried by Connor Hellebuck. So, uh you know, Panthers fans, I hope you're ready for this because I think if if you're planning the cup parades now, you might want to pump the brakes a little bit. And I think a lot of Florida fans are probably feeling the same thing already. Um, you know, I think this is a move that's been met with a lot of trepidation. Maurice, for me, really isn't the kind of coach that knows how to work around significant issues and work the team out of a jam when they're struggling to generate uh, and are really defensively porous. And I just feel like if you're if you're hoping that he's going to manage the locker room better than what happened in Winnipeg, well, maybe. Uh, I, I hope that the locker room relationships in Florida are a lot less toxic than whatever is going on with the Jets, because by all accounts, Winnipeg's a hot mess, and it seems like it's only getting worse by the day. Speaking of uh, things that aren't really going super well in Jets land, there are a couple of major developments with the roster that are going to be discussed in just a little bit. These changes could potentially alter, you know, my whole, I guess, plan for the Jets. 
uh, and ultimately what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks, because yeah, um, some seismic shifts might be about to take place and it's not going to be a fun time for us as fans. But before we go into the rather large roster changes, I did want to shout out one of our wonderful partners at rockauto.com. A lot of you probably have uh, at least one or two vehicles out there. And if you are, you know, somebody who likes to do DIY repairs, you know that finding replacement parts is a huge pain in the butt. There are thousands of makes and models. And so when you go to like a retail brick and mortar parts store, oftentimes they just don't even have the space to store what you need. Maybe you need uh, like a really obscure part that some 1990s model, uh, you know, you'd have to special order just to have in stock, or maybe you even had a more recent vehicle. But again, if it's a specialized part, chances are that retail store just doesn't have the ability to carry it. So instead of wasting time and money going to a store and finding out they don't have it in stock, go to rockauto.com instead. They've got extremely competitive pricing, sometimes even saving you 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick and mortar in-store pricing. And also, you know, this is a family-run business. They've been supporting DIYers just like you for over 20 years. And so they've built this entire easy-to-use website around that experience, giving you extremely good pricing and, you know, a very good customer service, a great uh, filter system to help you find the exact part for the car you need. And, you know, they want to support you as best as they can. So, you know, if you're looking for those replacement parts that you just can't find anywhere else, go to rockauto.com and explore their easy-to-use website right now to find the exact parts you need. Rockauto.com, you know, go see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com right now. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Uh, obviously, there have been some developments in Winnipeg Jets land over the past day or so that have left a lot of us feeling a little bit dazed and confused, to put it lightly. Um, One of the first things that popped up earlier today that I think was seen as more of a positive is that the Jets are shopping Blake Wheeler. He popped up on the 32 Thoughts, I believe it was from Fridge this morning, and obviously if your name is getting put on this list as trade bait, um, that probably means somebody in the organization is shopping you, which for the Jets is a rarity. You don't often see Winnipeg publicly confirming that they want to move somebody unless they're like really dead set on it. And so uh, Wheeler being linked to trade rumors or even availability is a massive change. And I think for the Jets, this is a very interesting decision. The fact that you are talking about moving your captain, um, who has been one of the top faces of the franchise for the past several years and is generally seen as one of the leaders in the team, It suggests a couple of things. I think for one thing, it confirms what a lot of us have already been hearing for a long time, that the locker room relationship maybe wasn't all that healthy. I think the other thing it suggests is that Wheeler is now seen as a liability on the ice and in the lineup, which, you know, I I think to some degree that is true. I I don't want to put a ton of stock into it because I feel like in the right role, Wheeler would actually be very helpful to the team. But, you know, given what he's being paid, and uh, what role he's often been playing for the Jets. Obviously, we know he's been getting too much ice time, and it's just not really working out for anyone involved. And so, you know, for the Jets to be talking about Wheeler getting traded, I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. On the one hand, from like a very pragmatic standpoint, I'm pleased. 
I think that this is the right decision. Um, but you know, the, the fan part of me and you know, the, the, the person who wants to support the jets as much as possible also sees this as kind of a tough pill to swallow. Uh, your captain is not somebody that you often just walk into a decision wanting to trade and think, yeah, that's going to work out. That's going to be great for everyone involved. It's usually a pretty painful process. Uh, Wheeler has set up roots in Winnipeg. He's got deep ties to the community from what I understand. Uh, he's been around for a while. I think his wife, is uh, Sam, is really involved with a lot of the local stuff, uh, a lot of local charity work and things like that. And so, yeah, you know, this is just not a very easy decision to make. And I think the Jets have arrived at this conclusion um, partly because they just don't really see any alternatives and they're trying to undo um, the Pandora's box opening that they started a couple of years ago. I think the reality is that point has kind of already passed. Um, but, you know, if you can get Wheeler's contract taken off your, off your books for at least a couple of seasons, I think you probably have to do it. And maybe Wheeler himself has kind of expressed the interest in doing so. With Maurice now going to the Florida Panthers, maybe that would actually be a really good landing spot. He goes down to Florida, gets to soak up the summer sun, uh, hit up the beaches. It's a great place for his family. I think that that would actually be kind of a win-win for both parties. Um, now, I did see some folks in media suggesting that the Jets are going to have to pay a team to take his contract off the books. And I think in some ways, yes. But then I saw, you know, part of the payment involving somebody like Vili Heinola, which I actually disagree with. I don't think you have to trade a blue chip prospect. Um, I think there are a couple of options here. For one thing, if you wanted to offer up Logan Stanley and like a lower round pick, um, I think that that would be totally acceptable. I think more teams would actually be interested in that, especially if you retain even a little bit of salary on that deal. Because uh, like, look, again, Blake does provide some pretty fun value. You look at his point scoring, and he's certainly hitting those marks over the past couple of years. So in the box category, box stats categories and stuff, he ticks off all the right boxes. You're getting a future or like a former captain, maybe somebody who's going to wear a letter for you uh, in the near future. And you've only got that contract on the books for a couple of seasons. And so for a lot of teams, I think it would actually be a pretty appealing offer, even without trying to sweeten it a ton. I think the most realistic scenario is that the Jets maybe add in the pick, but retain a decent chunk of the salary for the last two years or so, which for me, I, you know, regardless of which way the Jets go here, I always favor the retaining salary. I think if you can give up minimal assets here and uh, just get the contract off the books for the most part, I think that that makes the most sense. I don't think you need to give up a blue chip D prospect. I don't think you have to move out of Chisholm or a Sandberg or anything Make those guys part of your future core and your priority. Don't just throw them into a deal because you feel like um, this is what you have to do to get Wheeler off the books. I think you can be more creative, and I think the Jets are certainly going to be exploring all these options. It sounds like they already have been. But, yeah, I mean, what a weird trade thing to pop up. I mean, of all, all the players that I would imagine being considered part of um, the trade bait list, I didn't really expect to see Wheeler being discussed in part because, again, he's the captain. I'd be curious to know how you feel about this. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter and in the YouTube comments below. Now, the last uh, piece of Jets news that we're going to talk about is probably the one, I would say, bombshell. <laughs> and it sort of just broke about an hour or so ago, and Twitter has been completely alight with it. 
We'll talk about the implications of what Friedman dropped during an intermission session uh, for one of the Stanley Cup Finals games, and ultimately how this is going to very likely shape Winnipeg's entire destiny uh, going forward. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our wonderful partners at BetOnline.net. They are your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, and information surrounding things like the Stanley Cup Finals, Major League Baseball season, boxing, MMA, UFC, even F1. Maybe if you're into German football or something, they've also got that. I've personally placed a a bet on a Bundesliga match. And what's really great about betonline.net is that it's super user-friendly and very easy to figure out. They explain all the stats categories, all the tracking, and all the information you could possibly need so you'll always make the most informed bets possible. They also are your best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news throughout the season, so you'll never miss the latest trends and action happening in your favorite sports. Even if you're not into sports, no problem. They've also got tons of Vegas casino games available, so again, BetOnline really has all the bases covered and gives you something for just about anyone, no matter your interest. To get started, go to BetOnline.net on your laptop or mobile device to check out all the latest trends and action today. And get involved. I mean, this is a great time if you're into sports betting uh, or even if you're new to it. So head on over to Bet Online because it's where the game starts. Hello, friends. Welcome to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Uh, we're talking about some very big developments in Winnipeg news headlines today. Some of them positive, some of them not so positive. And this was probably the most bitter pill to swallow. Pierre-Luc Dubois wants to test free agency, and he has announced that, you know, two years out from when he'll be hitting free agency, these are his intentions. It's clear that he has mapped out his desire to move on, and I think the Jets are now given the window to start talking about how to uh, move his deal and ultimately get him off the books. Because let's be real, if, if somebody's telling you that they're going to test free agency two years from now, they have zero intention of staying. I, I don't care what anyone says. I don't care about negotiations or convincing somebody. The fact that PLD has communicated this now is basically telling the Jets two weeks out from the NHL draft, please find me a new home. And I think I have a lot of mixed feelings about this, but I think that the predominant thing that I feel is just kind of a little bit sad um, with PLD not really suggesting either way that he wanted to stay. I kind of felt like this was probably... Uh, one of the likelier outcomes, part of me was hoping that secretly he would sign like a six or seven year deal and get locked up. But let's be real, um, <laughs> convincing free agents and players to stick around the Jets, especially with all the chaos and stuff consuming the team, not really an easy sell. And, and you know, for me personally, I don't blame him in the slightest. I think he's always had his heart set on a different destination, uh, somewhere that would have been really comfortable for him. Um, supposedly the Montreal Canadiens might be a landing spot. We'll see. Uh, but you know, there's plenty of teams that can use his skill sets. Again, not many talents like him are just out there available for trade. And so I think even in a crowded free agent market this off season, Pierre Dubois is going to be one of the top available names. He's really young. He's a phenomenal player. And yeah, if you can convince him to stick around long-term, I just don't see why you wouldn't take a run at him. And I think for the Jets, it's, it's very unfortunate, but, you know, ultimately, maybe this is for the best. You don't want to try and force somebody who doesn't want to stay to sign a deal and, and just have him become uh, a player who's not happy with the team and wants to move on. 
we've already seen how trying to stick to, to somebody and, and trying to keep them around sort of backfires on you. I, I don't really think the Jets need to repeat that process. If PLD isn't committed, just send them on. I don't think you have to worry about it so much. The Jets are probably going to get a pretty good trade package for him. And, you know, he was already the result of a, a, a trade kind of going sideways for Winnipeg. You know, Liney was dissatisfied and PLD, you know, came in and played a couple of really fun seasons. And now maybe it's just time for him to find greener pastures. And if he does get traded and the Jets start thinking about trading Shifley, because I'm sure 55 is probably not planning to stick around too much longer here, then it really is rebuild season. I think Winnipeg doesn't really have a choice. Uh, losing one of PLD or Shifley would already be hard enough. Losing both of them, you're, you're toast. So, yeah, I think I've re- everything's kind of pushing towards the direction of rebuild maybe being the best option. Unfortunately, that does mean selling Heli. Uh, I, I don't even want to entertain that thought, but <laughs> this is the bitter reality of not taking advantage of that window over a few years where the Jets really should have been competing consistently. Uh, and, and now the bills kind of come due. And so, you know, the Jets can only try and get as much good value for some of these players as they can. Um, but if you're trots, I mean, do you even want to sign here now? I, I don't know. He's not going to have many players to coach at this rate, uh, especially top players. He's about to lose one of the two best centers on the team. And so it's uh, it's a little bit grim for the next couple of seasons, but maybe all of this pain is necessary for Winnipeg to undergo the, the severe and drastic change that it's frankly needed needed for a while. And I, I just, I don't really know what to expect. I mean, this is like, a, I, I kind of feel like I'm at a loss. Uh, this is one of those times where it just kind of came so out of the blue that I've had trouble collecting all of my thoughts about it. But, you know, I'm trying to puzzle through this same as a lot of you are right now. Um, all I can say is I just really hope the Jets come out on the end of this stronger and more willing to be open-minded about how to build the team and get us back into a more competitive state, hopefully within the next few years. I just don't really see how that's going to happen, but you know, the NHL constantly surprises me and maybe the Jets have one more magic trick stored up their sleeve that we've yet to see. But I'd be curious to know how you feel about this. Let me know what you would want in a Pierre-Luc Dubois trade. What are you thinking? Maybe one of the top 10 picks from this upcoming draft. Maybe you'd rather have something from 2023 plus some, you know, current players. Let me know again uh, at my social medias on Twitter and in the YouTube comments below. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Uh, Thank you so much for making Lockdown Winnipeg Jets your first listen of the day every day. All of this news has kind of certainly thrown my uh, weekly podcast plans into a little bit of flux. I'm not sure what we'll talk about uh, throughout the rest of the week. It's going to really depend on what exactly happens with Trotz. And we'll keep tracking this Pierre-Luc Dubois situation as it continues to evolve and uh, hopefully get a better sense of what teams uh, PLD might be traded to. And we'll talk about some of those potential destinations on a future episode. But again, for tonight, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks so much for listening to us. Be sure to make your second listen Locked on NHL. Locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, so like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!